Welcome back, everybody, to the Building Lifelong Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Renke. Thanks so much for checking this out. I really appreciate it. Today, we're going to be talking about the ninth item of our necessary nine. So I've kind of gone back to the previous podcast involvement about the necessary nine, as I call it, kind of like the pillars for you know how we develop healthy habits for life. And today, we're going to talk about a an underappreciated topic to most people. You know, a lot of times we talk about the physical health, you know, diet, nutrition, exercise, all the fun things. But today, we're going to talk about mental health. It's super important, but maybe a little underappreciated in the fitness community. You know, my approach is going to reflect my experiences and might be different from others. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. You might completely disagree with it, and that's fine with me. I'm okay with that. But this is kind of the approach that I generally see and kind of how I think about things. So we talk about physical health. It's great. Obviously, super important. I spent a bunch of podcasts talking about that, so it's not like I don't care about that. But to me, it's kind of the question of, you know, if we have awesome physical health, physical fitness, but we hate our life, then like what good does that really do? You know, at the end of the day, if we're not enjoying the things we're doing, if we're not finding enjoyment of our day-to-day activities, then we can be as ripped as we want and it's not going to matter. So first, I kind of want to talk about just some definitions here. First, like what is mental health? Well, Oxford Dictionary describes it as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. So their psychological and emotional well-being. That encompasses a whole bunch of things. And for me, I kind of think about psychological versus emotional. Psychological is more like on the medical side of things. It's kind of how I view it thinking about things like clinical pathologies, things like anxiety, depression, et cetera, kind of on that idea. Not that, you know, there's not overlap. There is, there's a significant amount of overlap between all these different things, psychological, emotional, all that. There's tons and tons of overlap. But for me, I kind of break it down like psychological meaning, like, is there something like big, bad going on that like, we probably are gonna need like an intensive effort to treat. You know, that's kind of where I think about, whereas like emotional might be just a little more, um, you know, day-to-day incremental kind of step. So it's like I said, it's all, stepwise it all kind of blends together but that's kind of what i think about a psychological emotional when i think about emotional i think more of like things like interpersonal relationships your interactions day to day non-pathologic emotions like our normal emotions so kind of like the softer you know side of things you know it's less rigidly defined it's not gonna be as easy to say like oh i feel down you know you're not gonna go to the doctor and be like okay down diagnose that you know that's that's not how it goes so that's kind of how i think about it when you know using that oxford definition at the end of the day, that's like the Oxford definition. My preferred term for like what my goal is for is to build resiliency. So resiliency, another definition is a person's ability to withstand or recover from difficult conditions. So for me, like that's our end goal is to become a resilient person. I want you to become a resilient athlete, resilient, you know, husband, father, mother, you know, name it. I want you to be resilient, which means that you can take whatever's thrown your way. You know, if you think about it, what does it mean to be that? It means you can bounce back from any situation. An analogy I'll use for this is kind of like a glass of water. Let's say you fill up a glass of water right? First of all, let's pretend that you have nothing in a cup. So just a regular cup, right? You trying to just push on it. It's going to fall over super, super easily. Right. Whereas if you fill it up with water and you do that same amount of force, it's probably not going to topple over. It takes a little more effort just because there's more substance to it. It's kind of hard to get knocked over. Both of them can be knocked over. No doubt about that. It just takes a lot more effort to knock over the filled up one. And in this analogy, which you might be like, what the heck are you talking about? And the water in this analogy are all the tools and experiences that you've built up over your lifetime. So this is kind of like our resiliency pool, all the experiences you've had, all the tough times you've gone through and learned from, all of the lessons you've learned, all these things kind of build up this water in that cup and build up resiliency. So I'm all about building up resiliency through multiple different avenues, you know, whether that is experiences, whether that is going to a you know, physician, going to counseling, talking with friends, there's just so many different things. And so I kind of want to break down like the different components of resiliency. So like I said, resiliency is like the overall water. Let's just say like that's a liquid in the cup. So maybe you're pouring in the liquid, you're pouring in some water, maybe you're pouring in some juice, maybe you're pouring in some protein powder. So there's different components that can go in there that still make up that entire you know pool of liquids. And that's kind of what I think of as resiliency is all that stuff in there together. 
The first thing I think about with resiliency is psychological factors. So no matter how much resiliency you have, if you're diagnosed with like a debilitating medical condition, that's going to be tough to get over. And like, no matter how much you're just like, I'm resilient, you know, that might not be enough. Um, you know, a positive attitude goes a super, super long way. But that being said, if you get diagnosed with clinical schizophrenia, just let's just say that it's going to be challenging just to say, I'm going to get over this. You know, that might take a lot more effort. It might look different. So I just want to just throw that out there. So same thing with like clinical depression or anxiety, it may need medical treatment. Like this might need intensive therapy or medication. And I want to let you know that this is not a sign of weakness or not a sign of being tough enough. You know, I think that unfortunately there's a huge stigma around this. You know, we don't make people with high blood pressure feel bad about that. We don't look at them and say, Oh man, like you should just try harder. Have you tried exercising? And some people may do that. I still don't think that's a helpful or right approach. You know, if someone has high blood pressure or high cholesterol, you know, what do we do with them? Well, we help work with them. We start medication. We work on lifestyle habits. We kind of worked in conjunction, but we don't just blame them and say, oh, you're mentally weak because you're not able to work out or lose weight. I mean, it's like, that's not a helpful approach. And I think it's the same thing with mental health the way I view it. I think a lot of times it's stigmatized though. And people say like, oh, like you're just depressed. Like, oh, have you tried going outside and getting some sun? It's like, oh, thanks. Didn't think about that. You know, it's just not that simple. And we wouldn't do that for any of the medical condition. We're not going to say, oh, you have this medical condition. Like, oh, have you tried just doing this? That's all it takes. It's like, oh yeah, actually, thanks. But uh, I did try lots of that and I'm still struggling. So I think I want to try to destigmatize it and kind of treat it more like a medical condition, you know? And that's, that's my hope for this topic is that like, Hey, we understand that this might take a long time. This might take multiple different modalities or routes to work on it, but it's just like, like I said, just if you were a patient of mine and we were working on lowering your blood sugar, I wouldn't be like, well, sorry, you know, I'm, you're just not trying hard enough. No, we work on different things and maybe medications, lifestyle, diet, all this stuff to work in conjunction, but it's still a medical condition that we're treating. Same thing for mental health here. And sometimes it takes multiple efforts, different meds, therapies, lots of things. And it's going to be hard. That's like the one thing I want to like, unfortunately take home is usually this isn't a, a very quick thing and it's going to take a little bit of time. So, you know, starting off there, I just want to let you know, like, you know, we're going to have these psychological factors and it might take a little more help and that's okay. But I do think it's helpful also to think about our mindset. You can choose to have a mindset and you can work to renew it. You know, you can kind of rework it and kind of increase, increase it from there. A lot of times this will take a lot of time. You know, you're born with a certain predisposition, whether the life experiences you have or whatnot, you have a mindset. That being said, your mindset is not fixed. You can change it. It will not be easy and it takes lots of work, but over time you can do it. You know, it may take time. That's okay. But the narrative you tell yourself is super powerful. So a positive mindset may not be something, you know, all the time you can have, depending on your situation it might be tough, but I think striving towards having a positive, you know, mindset is really, really going to be helpful for you. I think people with positive mindsets tend to show more resiliency overall, that they're going to be able to bounce back and adapt to things quicker and over time. And they're going to have, you know, just a better way of bouncing back to where we want them to be. But I think a positive mindset is going to be very, very helpful along the way. Obviously that's challenging, but it is something we can change over time by working on it. On top of that, we kind of talked about building up the resiliency. We talked about you know, those couple first two things. And I, I it would be remiss if I didn't mention physical. There are physical components that make up mental health. So I'm not just saying it's all mental and there's nothing physical. I think that there's definitely something to that. You know, it's I'm gonna sound like a broken record though. We're gonna talk about really kind of the big things. Exercise, diet, sleep. Once again, exercise are meeting our physical activity guidelines at least. Are we getting out there moving around? Diet are eating a health promoting diet, sleep. Are we getting at least seven hours per night? Are we giving our chance? you know, our, our body's a chance to have seven to eight hours of sleep. You know, those are kind of like, once again, those big three things are never going to change regardless of any condition you have or any issue you're having. Like if you come to me and you're like, Oh, this, this, this is going on. And 
I'm sleeping two hours a night. Okay, well, that's a pretty low hanging fruit. We'll start there. Obviously life happens. You have a brand new baby. You're not sleeping. I get that. I totally get that. But that being said, it's one of those like things. It's nice to have pillars to fall back on where you can kind of just say, okay, like those are things I need to work on. If we're not there yet, I can work on it. So on top of that, we talk about substance use. We can look at that. Are you using any substances? Are you using it in an unhealthy way? Are you using it as a crutch? Are you using dangerously? You know, we're talking about alcohol, tobacco, other drugs as well. Are you using them to get through the day? Are you using them as a reward? Are you using them just in a maybe unhealthy way? That's something to consider as well. And then also talk about social factors on top of that. You know, looking at our family, friends. You know, do you have strong relationships with your family and friends? Do you feel like you have support from them? Do you feel like you have people that you can rely on and do life with? I think it's so, so important to have relationships. You know, I don't think we're meant to do life alone. Even introverts, I think, benefit from having, you know, at least a couple of people who can really pour into them and they can feel supported by them. And I think it's really important as humans, we, we kind of just rely on, on groups and, and people and it's just kind of how we work. And on top of the social factors, we also talk about work or volunteering. Obviously, that can take up a huge amount of time in your life. It can be a huge stressor. stressor and so it'd be you know, foolish to think like the work doesn't play into that. And I know that it's always different and everyone's work is stressful. I've never met someone, I shouldn't say never, but very few people say their, their work isn't stressful. And so it's how do we manage that? How do we understand, is this the right fit for us? Is, there, is that a contributing factor to you know the reason we're having mental illness or mental problems at all? And so there's a lot going on. So we've kind of talked to some big ones. Another big category I like to think of is spiritual factors. So spiritual factors doesn't necessarily mean religious factors. I think kind of I, I encompass spiritual because I think if you ask most people, they kind of have some sort of spiritual component to them. They just kind of have this doesn't quite fit in any other box, but it just it, it, yeah, it fits in spiritual is kind of how I describe it. So the things I talk about that are like purpose feeling of belonging, peace and gratitude and mindfulness. So purpose, I think, is a really, really big one. And I'll talk more about this later. But like what gets you up in the morning, right? When it gets you to, to get up out of bed when that bed's feeling so amazing and what, you know, what gets you up? What gets you going? You have a purpose. You feel like you have a reason for, for living and for doing things. And I think that's gonna be super, super powerful for most people. You know, for some people that's faith for some people that's in improving, building something, helping others, you know, whatever it is, having a purpose, I think will help give you direction on trying to where we're going. Feeling of belonging is also important too. feeling like you're part of a community, feeling like you have people around you that support you. Peace is another thing that I talk about. Do you feel like just calm? Do you have that? And then finally, gratitude or mindfulness. That is a big thing that everyone's talking about today, but I want to let you know it's just a component, I feel like. I feel like mindfulness and gratitude won't be like the thing, like the only thing you have to worry about. Like sometimes that's preached today that like mindfulness and gratitude changes everything. And maybe for some people will, but I think for most people, it's just a part of kind of all these things that fill up that liquid in that glass or kind of build up your resiliency. And so it's something we can think about. And so, like I said, putting it all together, all these components we talked about, this is the liquid in our cup, you know, and the more we have these things in our lives, the more we can withstand when things don't go our way. And that's really, really what it comes down to. When we have the tools to combat the stresses in our life, we're more likely to bounce back without something debilitating happen. And that's really like all I'm trying to build because, you know, adversity is not a question of if, it's a question of when. It's my favorite quote from my high school coaches, but we're going to have hard times. People are going to, you know, make you angry. You're going to have challenges at work and you're challenged in life. You're going to have challenges in the gym. You know, there's so many things in life that are going to challenge you. And so just having tools and having like a reserve that you feel like you can have that if something happens, the whole world doesn't crumble around you. You can bounce back and be resilient. So that's kind of like my overarching principle of like all those components. So of those components, I want to break it down just a little bit more here. Like what are like the key components? So I can really break it down into kind of like three main things in terms of, you know, purpose, community, and then calm is kind of how I describe it. So purpose, community, and calm. You know, the first thing is purpose. Like I mentioned, why do you get up in the morning? 
Is this your faith? Is this, you want to get up, help others? Do you want to build something? But having something that you know gives you a reason to get up and, and to feel accomplished and to have a goal to strive for, I think is really helpful. I think as humans, if we don't have a goal necessarily, I think that can be a, a sore spot for a lot of people. It can be a, a source of, of trouble for some. And so I like you know trying to find what is, obviously this is a question that we can't answer right now in terms of Right now, we're going to know that immediately. Maybe you do, and that's fantastic. But if you don't, some introspection might be very, very helpful to figure out, hey, what is the purpose of my life? What am I going for? What am I striving for? And I think that might be helpful and kind of offer some things that if you've never thought about it before. In terms of purpose, the next thing is community. You know, I think it's super important to do community for mental health is, you know, who can you rely on and who do you do life with? You know, or do you have others in your life who can pick you up when you're down? And once again, I feel as, as humans, we're not meant to be alone. So if we're looking to build community, whether that's, you know, you just move somewhere and you need to find a group of people to hang out with or your coworkers or your family, your friends, you know, I think having a community, having people to rely on is very helpful. And then finally, like the big other big pillar I talk about is calm, meaning like how do you get that feeling of like relaxation or peace at the end of the day? You know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, when they feel calm, they're calm in nature or they're calm when they're with their family, or, you know, it's gonna be different for every person, but having those feelings, you know, on a pretty regular basis can be very, very beneficial to kind of recenter yourself. Now, some people, you know, I think it's important to consider that they might need more time for themselves than others, but I do think some time dedicated to you is probably gonna be beneficial. That being said, saying time for you, it's not an excuse to dump on others. You know, I think a lot of times today in society, what we'll see is like, oh, I, I don't have space for this, or I need to do this, and it's about me, 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 and we forget about others. And you know, I think that's not helpful in building a community. You know, that's not going to be how. If you're not there for someone else, they're not going to be there for you, vice versa. And so it's kind of a two-way street. And so obviously it's important to take time for you, but not in the sense where you become selfish or you neglect others around you. And that's a delicate balance, which is which is challenging to do. That's for sure. But I think if we think about those like main three concepts, you know, I think that's kind of overarching what I think about in terms of our we're going to have purpose community and calm from a, you know, general idea of the things I'm looking for, for like getting that mental well-being kind of centered. And the next question someone might have is like, well, you know, when, when is this actually like a problem? Like, when should I be worried? And I kind of want to point out saying like mental health is not a static state, meaning like, boop, I'm good here. And I'm going to get good here for a long time. It changes. We all know that because we experience it day to day. We have a good day at work versus a bad day at work. That's a lot different. You know, we have a really tough season in life. Maybe someone really important to us dies and that's going to be a really tough time. And so we know that there's going to be good and bad times. We're going to see that. But that being said, we expect that when we have hard things, we, you won't necessarily feel as quote unquote good. And that's totally normal. I, you know, it's, I don't expect everyone to feel great all the time. But when I really start to worry is when we're having like prolonged issues, like they start going over months, they start becoming pervasive. They're affecting your life, your work, your job, your relationships. All those things are when I start to like scratch my head and say, okay, this might be something we need to, you know, think about. That being said, you can go out of order too. It's, you know, if you suddenly had a horrible situation and things are going in a bad direction in a fast way, it's okay to like reach out for help right away. You know, I, there's no time frame saying, oh, I need to wait until I feel this bad until I can do it. No, it's always okay to reach out for someone. And I do want to let you know, always, always, always reach out to someone if you're thinking about hurting yourself or hurting anybody else. Um, I know it's, it's kind of hard to talk about, but I'm not afraid to talk about the elephant in the room, which is suicidal thoughts. They are real and they're probably much more common than you think. You know, as a physician, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have had suicidal thoughts. It's not always saying, hey, this is what's gonna happen. I have a plan, I'm gonna act on it. But a lot of times I've heard people talk about, yeah, like sometimes I wonder if, you know, it's better if I wasn't here. 
I wonder what would happen if I was never born at all. And that doesn't mean necessarily like they're ready to commit suicide or they're anything like that, but those thoughts can happen and it's pretty darn common. But that being said, you know, you're not alone in that. There's so many people that who have struggled with that, that I've, I've talked to personally. And having said, if you are having those thoughts, like, please just reach out, like reach out, reach out. I think that's so important to talk to someone that you can trust and, and do that. So, and so maybe, maybe you're thinking, Hey, okay, I'm heading down this track. I don't love it. Um, kind of want to course correct. What do I do? Well, I think understanding like when to reach out for help might be really helpful. This is not easy at all. And asking for help can be very challenging, but I think if you get to a point where you think, Hey, I've been trying these things on my own and it's not getting, you know, I'm not getting the results I want. It might be beneficial to reach out for help. Like I said, maybe you talk to a friend or a pastor, or it's never wrong to reach out to a physician, but just talk to someone about, Hey, how do I get this momentum in the right direction? And when I think about it, too, it's also important to think that this is progress and it's going to take a long time, right? This is going to be gradual. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's never quick, but it kind of work, you know, work slowly one step after another and you'll get there. And as we're reaching out, you know, the question is, okay, if we're heading in the wrong direction, we can always look at the fundamentals first. If you feel like, hey, I'm not ready for, for help or I don't think I need to talk to anybody, we can always focus on the fundamentals, right? Talk about, you know, purpose, looking at the community and looking at, you know, that sense of calm. And on top of that, we talk about things like diet, nutrition, and exercise. You know, you know, a lot of these things are small changes that add up. You know, if we add our a little, maybe eating a little better, exercising a little more, our sleep is better. We're feeling like we're involved with the community. We're just slowly adding things that kind of help us there. And sometimes that can be very helpful and that's all we need. Other times we might need more, but you know, let's say you're in a situation where you're like, Jordan, I can't get out of the bed in the morning. I'm so depressed. What would I do? Well, then I wouldn't say necessarily that I want you to, well, let's work through this process of working on these small things. I think it might be, you know, reasonable to reach out for help sooner rather than later. There's no specific order, right? And you know, like, and that's what I want to get across here is not like, Hey, you need to start with sleep, exercise, nutrition, and then you have to, you know, fail those until you can work up to get medications or anything like that. You know, if you're miserable and having a terrible experience with things or you need help quicker, you know, that's okay. It's okay to reach out and go out of order and start a medication while also working on other things. Talk to a therapist while also working on other things. Um, join a community group while also adding medication. I mean, there's so many combinations. This is not a one on top of another. Your life is not a randomized control study that we have to fix one variable and change that. No, like your life's much too important for that. So I want you to feel confident and feel, you know, empowered that you can, hey, I can work on this and this and this all together while we're working to try to improve our life. So that's totally okay. You know, like I said, and a lot of times it's never just one thing. Usually it's gonna be a multifaceted approach to kind of help build that better resilience. And we can add on, we can augment, we can do tons of different things there. So it's, it's like I said, not just one thing. And at the end of the day, there's always professional help available. You know, I think therapy can be absolutely invaluable. I think most people would probably benefit from in some way, shape or form. Like we all have our own quirks and pathologies that we can work through. But um, once again, not a sign of weakness, not a uh, indictment on you at all. I think it's a very helpful thing. And on top of the professional help with therapy, there's also medication. And, and let me just be the first one to say it can be absolutely life-changing for some people. And I say some people because it's not for everyone. I've talked to so many people who have just wanted to talk with a counselor, just want to work on lifestyle exercise. That's totally fine. Other people say, hey, try that. I think a medication might help and it's done wonders for them. I can't say it's done wonders for everybody, but I think for the right person in the right situation, it might be very helpful. And once again, you're not a failure if you're on a medication, you know, there's no prize for living a natural life. If it's miserable, you know, people always talk about that. Like, oh, it's not natural. Well, if natural is hating your life and being miserable, then I will choose not natural every single day of the week, every single time, you know, if the options are natural misery or, you know, not natural functional life, I'm going to choose that 
all the time. So um, like I said, it's, it's kind of this weird stigma once again, where like we wouldn't be yelling at someone like, Oh, you're on a high blood pressure medication. Like that's not natural. Like, well, you know what? Na- natural in that circumstance is probably having a stroke because of uncontrolled you know, blood pressure. Same thing in this natural is worse outcomes down the line, as opposed to, you know, cutting that off earlier and kind of dealing with it. So that's kind of one of my, I don't know. One of my pet peeves, I guess, is like the natural. Natural doesn't necessarily always mean it's right. You know, I think we have, we've been so blessed to have all these tools and medications and therapy and services and things that we can do to help people that we should use them when the time is right. And so at the end of the day, kind of wrapping this all up here, the takeaways is that if you feel off, it's okay to do some introspection, try to figure out why that is. Maybe there's a big, you know, one of the big things we talked about is missing your life, meaning you have no community or you have no calm, no sense of, you know, for yourself. So if you take a step back and ask what was first three things, right? Like, do I have a purpose? Do I have a community? And do I have some sense of calm? You know, if it's, if one of those is off, well, maybe work towards finding one of those three things and seeing if there's areas you can improve on. On top of that, we're always falling back to our fundamentals, right? So the pillars of exercise, nutrition, sleep, you know, those are like the three big things that I will harp on time and time again. You know, even if you don't think that's contributing, I think I, I could argue that those are really, really important. Like your mental and and emotional well-being kind of overlap. And if one's not right, the other might not be right as well. And so I think it's important to consider all those things and kind of think of it from an open mind. And that being said, if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, never be afraid to ask for help. You know, even if you don't feel like it or you think you're, you know, weak or wrong for the that, you're not. I mean, ask out, ask for help. It's okay to ask out for help at any time. You don't have to wait until you feel like it's bad enough to help. Always feel in, in, empowered to do that. So, and I think honestly, the earlier, the better. It's easier to you know, if it's just starting and you're just having some issues, it's easier to start working on that when it's not as bad as opposed to if you wait too long and then it just takes a little harder to dig out of that hole. So, you know, that's kind of my encouragement. And the last thing is it's, you know, this is just going to be a process. I encourage you to keep working. Like I said, we know that physical changes don't happen in a day. Like if you're trying to put on some muscle, that's not going to happen in a week. You know, that's going to take a months and months kind of a deal. Same thing with this. It's going to take time. You know, I just want you to be able to understand that have a time frame in mind that it's not going to be you know immediately or anything like that and so my goal is that you know with this kind of analogy of resiliency that your tank is full and when we have this we can create a resilient attitude and we're ready to take on the world with a positive and relentless effort you know as lifelong athletes that's our goal right and we want to be able to have a, a a good attitude a positive attitude and we can take on the world whether that's a physical challenge in the gym outside of the gym or a mental challenge through difficult times in life i want us to be resilient and be ready for anything so And so we talked about a billion different topics here today, and we'll go deeper on a lot of these in future podcasts, or if you have questions, we can do that, but we'll stop here for now. And I just want to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with a quote that I think is very beneficial to this. And the quote is, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? And this does come from the Bible, but even if you're not religious, I think it's very important. You know, the question is, if you gain the whole world, let's say you've got everything, you've got money, you've got a physical fitness, you've got, you know, your quote unquote physical health, but you don't have your soul, you don't have your mental health, you don't have well-being, then what good is it? You know, to me, that's super, super important. And so when I think about, you know, a lot of times we focus on the physical aspect of things. I want you to consider how important it is to have, you know, to be centered, to be balanced, to have good mental health. And because I think it's going to be really important for you down the line. So if you stuck with me, thanks so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Um, if you found this helpful, if you liked, subscribe or share this with a friend, that would mean the world to me. And so once again, I appreciate your attention. Now let's get off the internet, go be active and enjoy your day. We'll see you next time. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment, education, and informational purposes only. The topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition.
The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.